This is Keelan Cohen. You're listening to Roster Watch. Again, Roster Watch Nation, it's your friendly neighborhood trash man, and this is the Garbage Grab, brought to you by my bookie. More specifically, it's the fantasy fallout going into week 12 of the NFL season. We're making that playoff push, so we got to get serious moving forward <laughs> if we weren't up to this point in this season. It's been a topsy-turvy one, though, so I don't know. You, you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt, but let's go ahead. And get started with the first game. Cardinals at Seahawks. Cardinals lost this one 21-28. Chase Edmonds seems to be the more explosive back in Arizona. But Kenyon Drake resumed his role as bell cow upon returning from an ankle injury in Week 11. Drake outtouched Edmonds 15-9, but Edmonds stays involved enough in the passing game to warrant deep league flex status. Larry Fitzgerald led all Cardinals in targets, catching eight balls for 62 yards. The fact that this matched his season high in yardage tells you everything you need to know about Fitz's upside in this offense. He's a bi-week PPR streamer at best. On the other side of the ball, Carlos Hyde came back from injury and started over DJ Dallas on Thursday, logging 16 touches for 79 yards and a touchdown. Dallas even got out-touched by Bar Scar- Bo Scarborough, 6-3, former Cowboy. Dallas can be dropped. And Hyde may not even be worth starting if Chris Carson returns this week, as a lot of people think he will. On to the next game, Bengals at Washington. Bengals losses were 9-20. Joe Burrow suffered a brutal knee injury that tore his ACL on Sunday, ending his season. You hate to see this happen to such a promising player, really any player for that matter. But he's young enough to come back from it and fully. Ryan Finley becomes a starting quarterback for the Bengals, and all Bengals pass catchers are going to suffer from it. The Giants make for a great defensive play against the Bengals this week. Samaj P. Ryan had six touches to Gio Bernard's 13 on Sunday. Neither one could get much going, but the Bengals are going to have to lean on the run moving forward, so they're both worth adding and perhaps flexing as long as Joe Mixon is out, which will be for at least two more games as he's on IR. On the other side of the ball, Washington managed to pull out the win, but the offense was pretty lackluster in the process outside of Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, and J.D. McKissick to a lesser extent. Cam Sims, undrafted player, wide receiver, played 84% of snaps, excuse me, but with Alex Smith only throwing for 166 yards, it's hard to get excited about Sims in fantasy any of the Sims in Washington. It's hard to imagine Washington sustaining more than three players in fantasy, and right now those three players are Gibson, McLaurin, and McKissick. On to the next game, Falcons at Saints. Falcons lost this one 9-24. to 
Julio Jones was in and out of the game all day with a hamstring issue, rendering Matt Ryan useless. Seriously, Ryan has been abysmal in games that Jones hasn't played in this season. If Julio can't go this week, Calvin Ridley is the only Falcon you can depend on in fantasy. Everyone else is merely a coin flip. Alameda Zacchaeus would be a boomer bust deep league flex if Jones cannot go, though. On the other side of the ball, Taysom Hill started over Jameis Winston and got the win, so it looks like he'll be under center for the Saints until Drew Brees returns. Only Michael Thomas was viable in the passing game under Hill, but both Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara saw double-digit touches. Kamara has been dealing with a foot injury, so maybe Murray will continue to get significant usage in Week 12. He's worth flexing if Kamara misses time this week. Hill is also worth streaming due to his running ability. Scored two touchdowns on the ground in Week 11. On to the next game, Steelers at Jaguars. Steelers won this one 27-3. Benny Snell had seven carries, including a touchdown to James Conner's 13 on Sunday, but the Steelers already had the game well in hand when Snell saw most of the action. Pittsburgh is embracing the pass these days, so it's going to be difficult to start any Steeler running back other than Conner right now. Juju Smith-Suster injured his foot at some point and left the game not to return. Apparently the injury isn't serious, as he could have returned had it been a closer game. Make sure Juju practices this week before putting him in lineups, though. On the other side of the ball, Jake Luton has been exposed as a subpar quarterback by this point, and all Jaguar receivers are downgraded until Gardner Minshew returns, which could be this week. DJ Shark is the only Jaguar pass catcher worth gambling on this week if Gardner continues to sit, and that's just because of his significant timeshare, target share, both of them, actually. On to the next game, Patriots at the Texans. Patriots lost this one 20-27. Rex Burke had left the game with what many assume was an ACL injury on Sunday, bringing life to James White, who ended up with 11 touches and 83 yards. White is available in 60% of leagues and should be added, but it also looks like Sonny Michel will return to action in Week 12, which could complicate things. All three could be useful considering how much the Patriots run, but their floors could be frighteningly low. Demir Bird had a career day against the Texans, posting 132 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. It's probably an aberration, but considering Bird will go up against his former Cardinals team this week, he could be an interesting deep league flex in daily play in what is a revenge narrative. On the other side of the ball, Duke Johnson has been pretty useless as a starting back with David Johnson's sideline, considering that Deshaun Watson is basically the goal line back for the Texans. That being said, Duke will be the starter against the Lions on Thanksgiving, where you're hoping he can break something off in the receiving game. And then both Randall Cobb and Kenny Stills left the game with injuries on Sunday, making Kiki QT the third receiver for Houston for the time being. QT was able to score on Sunday, and he could be in line for considerable work on Thanksgiving should neither Cobbs nor Stills be able to go. On to the next game, Eagles at Browns. Eagles losses when 17-22. Dallas Goddard led the Eagles in receiving with five receptions, 77 yards, and a touchdown on Sunday. Zach Ertz could return as soon as this week, but Goddard should stay involved enough to warrant a start in most formats. Travis Fulgham was first in targets with seven, but didn't do much with him. Only eight yards, one reception. Jalen Rager was third in targets with five, and he posted 52 yards on the day. Both players are flex-worthy against Seattle's league or secondary this week, but Rager has the higher upside and is the player that I would roll with. 
On the other side of the ball, even in a win, the Browns passing game was anemic with Kadero Hodge leading the team and receiving with 73 yards, 42 of which came on one play. All Browns pass catchers will be hit or miss on the weekly and are best left on the ben- on benches at this point in the season. They're probably not going to win you any fantasy weeks. It's fall, if you couldn't tell. I can't really tell here in Texas. <laughs> My bookie, that can only mean one thing. It's winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. At My Bookie, winning season is all about your chance to win big. Bet NFL, UFC, and then some. The craziest sports fall of your lifetime is here. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, and collect your cash. Invest in your intuition. Select from hundreds of future bets, or you can bet games in real time with MyBookie's live betting. Put that big brain of yours to good use. Use promo code ROSTER and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and games you bet. Thousands of cross-sport wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now to bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today, only at my bookie. On to the next game, Lions at Panthers. Lions got skunked. Zero to 20. There was nothing of use to take away from this for the Lions, aside from Matt Stafford not suffering a setback to his injured hand. Throwing hand, mind you. Hopefully, DeAndre Swift and Kennedy, Kenny Galladay make it back in time for Thanksgiving. The Lions play the Texans, so they should be able to have a better showing than they did in Week 11. On the other side of the ball, P.J. Walker, former XFL quarterback, had a mixed day in his first NFL start, winning the game but throwing two interceptions in the end zone. Walker was arguably the X- XFL's best player before their season ended due to COVID-19. And he showed glimpses why on Sunday, keeping plays alive outside of the pocket. Teddy Bridgewater was close to playing, so I'm not banking on Walker making another start, but he could be worth streaming against Minnesota's second worst secondary this week if Teddy cannot go. Rodney Smith had eight carries to Mike Davis's 19 on Sunday and actually averaged more yards per carry, 3.6. With Christian McCaffrey close to a return, though, this isn't a lead worth chasing. Curtis Samuel has either scored or gone over 100 yards in four of his last five games. At only 50% ownership, he could help a lot of teams make a playoff push. So pick him up. On to the next game, Titans and Ravens. Titans won this one 30-24. Corey Davis' floor is rock bottom, but he's doing too much to be rostered in only one half of leagues right now. He's had 100-plus yards and or a touchdown in three of his last five games. He has a rough matchup against Indy this week, but he was serviceable against them. Two weeks ago, he had five receptions, 67 yards in that one. Tight end Anthony Fersker is not going away to the chagrin of Jonu Smith's owners. He had five targets to Jonu Smith's six on Sunday, and Smith only salvaged his day with a touchdown. He's going to be touchdown dependent as long as Ferkser is getting this kind of action. On the other side of the ball, J.K. Dobbins unexpectedly led the Ravens' backfield on Sunday, getting 63% of snaps and touching the ball 17 times for 70 yards and a touchdown. Mark Ingram only logged two carries for two yards on the day. This could be a move to see if the rookie can carry the load on his own. Either way, Dobbins' arrow is pointing up, and Ingram can probably be dropped in most formats, as his low upside just isn't worth the headache of deciding whether you want to play him on a weekly basis or not. 
And then Willie Sneed and Des Bryant had seven and five targets respectively. But Mark Andrews is the only Ravens pass catcher worth starting these days. Amar Jackson is struggling way too much in the passing game right now to start anybody else reliably, including Marquise Brown, especially Marquise Brown, as he's a big play receiver and they are not throwing deep. On to the next game, Jets at Chargers. Jets lost this one 28 to 34. Despite implying that LaMichael P. Ryan to be the lead back coming out of the bye, the Jets rolled with Frank Gore as their primary ball carrier in Week 11. Gore had his best game of the season with 61 yards and a touchdown, but P. Ryan had a decent day as well. Player offers much upside unless the other one gets hurt. Though Brashad Perriman had the best day through the air for the Jets, 54 yards and a touchdown, Denzel Mims led the Jets in yards and targets. He had 71 yards and on those eight targets. It may not pay off this year, but Mims is definitely worth stashing in Dynasty and Keeper Leagues as a future game breaker. On the other side of the ball, with Justin Jackson out at least one more game and no word regarding Austin Eckler in weeks, many weeks, Kalen Balazs looks primed to make another start for the Chargers in Week 12. After touching the ball 23 times for two weeks in a row, Joshua Kelly can be dropped outside of dynasty formats. On to the next game, Dolphins at Broncos. Dolphins lost this in 13 to 20. Tua Tagovailoa was benched in the fourth quarter for Ryan Fitzpatrick, but the rookie will maintain his starting role in week 12 against the Jets. So there is not a quarterback controversy here. Salvin Ahmed remained the Dolphins' primary back, even with Matt Breida returning to the fold, picking up 74 yards on the day. Ahmed logged 85% of snaps, and Breida only touched the ball twice. Ahmed's run could be short, though, as Gaskin, Miles Gaskin, that is, might return to action as early as this week. But it seemed like Ahmed would stay involved enough to warrant deep league flex consideration, as he's a bit bigger than Gaskin. Jakeem Grant tied for second in targets with six. With Salvin Ahmed, just behind Devontae Park, who had nine on the day, but Grant only came away with 12 yards. He gets the Jets this week, though, so he's worth considering as a flex in PPR, PPR formats. On the other side of the ball, there are a lot of mouths to feed in Denver's passing game, but Tim Patrick keeps managing to eat. Five receptions, 119 yards for Patrick in Week 11, despite often being third or fourth in the pecking order. Denver plays from behind most of the time, so perhaps they can sustain four fantasy, four fantasy, fantasy pass catchers in Patrick, Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, and KJ Hamler. They all seem to be staying involved enough in this come-from-behind offense. On to the next game, Cowboys at Val- Vikings. Cowboys won 31-28. to Cowboys managed to look like a functioning NFL offense on Sunday, but keep in mind they were playing the league's second-worst secondary in the Vikings, so don't get too excited. The Cowboys faced Washington's league-best secondary on Thanksgiving, so don't rely on any of their pass catchers to do much. C.D. Lamb literally had .1 fantasy points when they faced Washington earlier in the season, though Amari Cooper did manage 80 yards in that game. Tony Pollard had 60 yards and a touchdown on the day, though 42 of those yards and the touchdown came on one play. He's not an advised flex against Washington this week. 
On the other side of the ball, the Vikings are finally figuring out that a balanced offense is the best approach. So Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson are safe weekly plays again for a couple of games there. It was all Dalvin Cook. Guys, one of the smartest things you can do is download the Fantasy Life app. It's a free app. We use them for their news alerts and community. The Fantasy Life app sends breaking news alerts faster than anyone else. They monitor 1,000 reporters so you don't have to and send important news as soon as it breaks. You never miss a relevant injury, trade, or other update. The Fantasy Life app also has in-depth reports and on-demand advice from a massive community. Download the Fantasy Life app for iOS or Android at FantasyLifeApp.com. On to the next game, the last game, second to last game on the slate. Excuse me, the Packers at the Colts Packers. Lost this one 31 to 34. Robert Tonyan caught all five of his targets for 41 yards and a touchdown on Sunday, his first decent showing in three weeks. All pass catchers not named Devontae Adams could be in line for a bland fantasy output this week, though, as they go up against the stout Chicago defense. Just a week ago, we thought Jonathan Taylor was dead in the water, only to get 114 yards and 26 touches in a winning effort against Green Bay on Sunday. It was nice to see the Colts stop being so cute and just let Taylor eat. Who knows if they'll stick with that plan moving forward, though, as they've been going with a hot hand. Taylor just happened to have it on Sunday. Still, it's good to know that he is still fantasy relevant. And for the second week in a row, Michael Pittman has led the Colts in receiving 66 yards and a touchdown. He needs to be rostered in all formats moving forward as his schedule for the next five weeks is cherry with Tennessee, Houston, Las Vegas, Houston, and Pittsburgh on the slate. The Steelers are actually pretty bad bad (laughs) when it comes to covering receivers. So it's it's not as bad as it sounds. They're actually kind of a middling secondary so good news for michael pittman owners and those who would be michael pittman owners on to the last game of sunday night the chiefs at raiders chiefs won this one 35 to 31 both clyde edward Tolaire and Le'Veon bell were able to eke out fantasy relevance on sunday night with bell locking eight touches to ever hilaire's 15 bell only had 36 yards outside of his touchdown though with tampa bay on deck Edward Tillaire is the only Casey back I feel comfortable rolling with. Nelson Aguilar seems to score a touchdown every other week, but he's the epitome of boom or bust as he's a rock bottom floor otherwise. He gets a floundering Atlanta team this week, but he's still just a coin flip. He's only had four or more targets in two <laughs> of ten games this season. Or more than four targets, rather. Either way, it's not good. And lastly, when Henry Ruggs has one target in a game with the Chiefs and which the Raiders scored 31 points, that's a bad sign. I just don't have much hope for him in redrafts this year. He's droppable outside of dynasty formats, really. Anyway, that's it for the fallout going into week 12. Hopefully there's something here that you can use for your fantasy squad. I hope you like what you're hearing, what you've heard. If you do, leave us a comment. Give us a thumbs up. Find us at rosterwatch.com. Join Rosterwatch Nation. Until then, on behalf of Rosterwatch and my bookie, this has been the Trash Man, and be ready. Be ready.